0: So, I mean, the reality is somebody has to admit fault. So you have, you have leaders and you have hiders. Listen up folks, if you're in the real estate space and you want to be here in 36 months, it's time to take some chances. Welcome to Start With A Win, where we unpack franchising, leadership, and business growth. Let's go. And coming to you from Area 15 Ventures and Start With a Win headquarters, it's Adam Contos on Start With a Win. This is part two of two, where I am being interviewed on the Real Estate Insiders
1: Unfiltered podcast by James Dwiggins and Keith Robinson. Let's get back into it. Um, So you were there when REMAX got served with these class action cases. I think you were were deposed, I'm sure as well. Yes. What can you share with everyone about (laughs) Just your, I don't know what, what, I mean, you obviously can and can't share certain stuff. What can you share about the cases, your thoughts on them? Where does this go? Like, what is your whole take on this since you were directly involved? So,
0: well, I mean, whether or not, you know, you agree or disagree with the lawsuits, they are there. And, um, you know, obviously one of them has already found a verdict. So, um, you know, now we have to deal with that in, in retrospect. And I I think that makes me take the perspective of why did we end up with that verdict? Mm. And uh, ultimately, you know, some people are like, Oh, the judge might've missed this or the jury misunderstood that. But um, you know, the game's over. It's an L there's a big <laughs> one in the L column there instead of in the W column. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to figure out, okay, what happens in the next game? And the next game is motions and appeal and, and things like that. Uh, but ultimately it, it boils down to, um, you know, I, I think when, when anything like this happens to you, you can't just take, you can't take the victim perspective. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh, this happened to me. Um, because if we look at it and say, okay, this happened with me, what did I do? What was my part in creating this? Or, you know, allowing it to proceed to the, the way it was. Mm-hmm. And this is a mirror that I think everybody in the National Association of Realtors needs to hold up. Okay? Because ultimately, that's the foundation for this. I'm not attacking NAR here. Um, I'll, you know, there's two parts to NAR. There's the lobbying part. They've done a fantastic job of doing great things for housing, for the industry, for fair housing, for... Yep.
1: Um, We have a great podcast on, on that portion of what you're talking about too. Yes.
0: Right. You, you name it. And I mean, you, you could say, wow, okay. High five on that NAR. And then you have the other part, which is the membership base. And then, I mean, let's call it what it is. I'm not going to say anything that anybody doesn't know here. There's been a significant amount of scandal. There's even more today. Um, You know, the president abruptly resigned who knows why I'm sure somebody does, you know, obviously that resignation was abrupt for a reason, but um, you know, you've got the uh, the way that realtors are viewed by the public. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you also have, how does the transaction work? I can't tell you how many times I spent defending the industry to wall street analysts. And a lot of these people were taking mm-hmm. it on face value and saying, why does the industry operate this way? wouldn't it be better easier different more beneficial to the consumer or whatever if it operated this other way mm-hmm. and you're like well it's governed by the NAR and they're like well why doesn't the NAR change that well there's a board of hundreds of people and there's a bunch of historical data behind this and they go well what if it was wiped clean and it became um, you know blockchain and, and things like that tomorrow um, what would be rebuilt in that manner so you have to you have to look at Okay, we're in an innovators innovators society now. And is the, you know, yes, I think everybody accepts that this legislative aspect is important, you know, the government relations is incredibly important because we have to educate our our lawmakers. They don't know what's going on in this industry. They're just listening to the rhetoric or the stories or what have right. you, and making assumptions. <clears throat> Great, do that. But go tell the public the rest of the story. Right. And I I think That's where we've fallen down on the job. Um, One, we have no, we've got no barrier to entry in this industry. You know, you can, in, in some places you can get your real estate license in just, you know, less than a week. And, um, in others, it, it takes an extensive amount of time and it's a lot of work, but why, why the inconsistency? Why do Mm -hmm. we have different barriers to entry here? Mm -hmm. And why do we have Mm -hmm. 4 million houses being sold by one and a half million people? I mean, that number doesn't make sense to me you know, Mm -hmm. in, and obviously we know the, uh, the Pareto principle here, the 80, 20 rule, or even the 90, 10 or 95, (laughs) five rule here where we have a substantial number being sold by the people in that very rare air, that small group, which means the more you go down, the faster you get to mediocrity or to just somebody who's kind of winging it for Mm -hmm. crying out loud. Um, so, uh, you know it's turned into a membership based industry instead of a value and quality based industry if you ask me so i think we're fighting against that
1: and we've done a poor job of doing that
0: and that's so, the story
1: that they've somewhat outlined essentially in the case is yeah. just how compensation is the rules that are in place etc i mean to, to you know your comments not wrong i mean the rules are set by the national association of Realtors which are set by the membership because that's who's Creating policy. You know, I mean, our exactly. industry is and has done and has put itself in this place. I personally don't agree <clears throat> with the way this was portrayed, and I understand this probably better than most, but we did end up putting ourselves in this position. It is industry rules and policies that have got us to this particular place, um, right. whether intended or not. Um, right. So, so uh, James, let's take a look at this from a leadership perspective. Okay. What does a leader
0: do when, uh, let me ask you this. And I, we were talking, you know, in the green room before this, what <laughs> happens to a football team when they lose, they have a losing season. Uh, People get replaced. People get replaced.
2: Coaches get fired.
0: Coaches get fired. A lot of team members mm-hmm. get fired, things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. So, I mean, the reality is somebody has to admit fault in this, even whether or not, you know, here's the reality that the, the jury found a certain way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you could say this team beat this team in court. I mean, that's just, that's the reality of the situation. That's a fact. So why not say, okay, industry, you know, this thing is screwed up. And do we hold up the mirror and take, you know, accept the responsibility for that? Um, I don't think a lot of people are accepting the responsibility for the W and the L. Mm Okay. Okay. I mean, what's the, the first way to move on and do something better is to move past your, you know, deficiencies in the past, find your weaknesses and Mm -hmm. repair those weaknesses or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. But, um, but ultimately, you know, that's not my call. I'm not on or in the NAR and, um, you know, I, I love and respect all these people that are, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I believe in this little word called accountability (laughs) and, um, (laughs) You know, I, I want to see the industry get better because here's, here's a question, James. Um, you know, you have a, a a young child. Would you love for your child to grow up and go, Hey dad, I want to be a realtor when I grow up. And here's why my hero is a realtor.
1: I mean, I don't hear that happening. No, No, but as a third generation in the industry, yeah, I do. I think it'd be interesting for her to continue on. That my grandfather and my grandmother and both my parents and like I, I, I hear you on that. The industry doesn't. I said this the other day when I was chatting with the new uh, CMO at NER. I said nobody. I'm gonna piss off a lot of people here. Nobody gives a shit about the word realtor. They just don't. True. Like buyers Mm -hmm. and sellers just genuinely don't. And I'm not saying that that's not. Something that we're a partisan organization. But what I shared was I said, I think we need to be rethinking about instead of advertising the realtor brand so much, why don't we advertise consumer stories? Buyers that couldn't have got their house had that agent not spent 65 hours negotiating a contract and their realtor helped them do that. But it's this, it's the buyer sharing the story. It's not about the agent it's the buyer that's actually a real life buyer who went through a very crazy circumstance that finally got into a house to build the only way that most Americans make generational wealth is through owning real estate like to me it's just we have missed it we have so missed understanding how to how to truly get in the minds and hearts of the consumers and we not only lost I'm going on a rant we not only lost in the court <laughs> we lost in the in the in the public perception as you no, Adam, my wife is a you know, is an investigative reporter for CBS. We got crushed, crushed right after. We had no yep. PR campaign to back it up. We had no PR campaign talking about what we do, and every headline since last year's scandals have been
2: just hard on, well, on an of, industry that works hard. But part part of why we lost is the public's perception of what we do as an industry. Totally. Right? I mean, yeah. so like we lost before, during, and after. Um, because we haven't anchored into what I think we've all sort of echoed here, which is that you can't lose sight of the human beings who buy and sell houses at the end of the day, that's who we serve. And you might have shareholders or be publicly traded or, uh, whatever the journey that you're on is, but the companies, offices, agents who never lose sight of the fact that. Who we serve as the human being in the transaction, those companies will be fine, regardless of the changes that are going to permeate this industry, and we'll probably have more in the next twenty-four months than we've had in a long time. But the ones who never lose sight of our north star, or you know, insert your analogy of of choice there, uh, that those are the ones that will win, in my opinion. Well, and
1: and obviously, Remax settled their Settled. It's almost settled. Settled their case. At least it's in the process of being settled. So you know, we'll see if they look like the hero in all of it. Um, and and anywhere as part of that as well. Where do you think we are thirty six months from now? Like, give us your crystal ball of what you think the industry will look like. That's why I wanted to have lunch with Elon
0: Musk, James. <laughs> <laughs> So I, what's Adam's I, view of the next he he knows, months. okay. I yeah. was gonna go on Twitter and ask yeah. him, uh or on X, whatever whatever it's called. But uh I think a lot of that is going to um let's take let's take two sides of the industry. Because I, I think the the sell side in the industry, you know, listing agents and, and brokerages, I don't necessarily think that is gonna change a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to change is the buy side. And I think the commission, how the buy side agent justifies their value, um, you know, I I think a a great deal of that justification is going to come down to the consumer being better marketed to and understanding the value of the buy side agent. James, I know you've done a great deal of work on that. uh, And I I think you're doing a fantastic job on it. But ultimately, what it's going to come down to is let's take in this really busy blackboard that we've written all of what, you know, the here's the 192 things a real estate agent does and throw it in your face. And, um, you know, I, by the way, my cousin's going to buy a house, so I'm going to show it to him, you know, things like that. And let's get rid of all of that and rewrite it and say, if we were to position ourselves as a very professional industry in Representing purchasers for the sale of real estate, what would that look like? And I, th- I think mm. a lot of that is going to be rewritten for us mm. uh, here in the near future. I think the DOJ and the injunctive relief within the lawsuits are going to provide a great deal of that. You know, we've heard um, the plaintiff's attorney has described that, and um, you know, I I've heard it from two different sides. One of which is you know, if you talk to certain real estate people, they're like, oh, you know. This dirty rotten guy doing these things, and other people have gone. You know, thank God somebody's updating the industry. But um, you know, you you choose with mm. everyone. I'm not going to pick a side on this. I'm just telling the truth of of what I see. Uh, you know, I'm I'm witnessing here and not judging. But ultimately, it comes down to how good in the next 36 months can we do about sharing the value in the industry in order for the consumer to appreciate that person representing them. And then if that if that is really, really good, that person should be able to ask for and receive their due compensation for that based upon that delivery of value. So, um, you know, 36 months, I think that buy side is gonna be reset. I think, you know, like we all hear this word decoupling. I think mm-hmm. we're gonna have decoupling vertically in the space. Because realistically, I have yet to hear somebody go, I get the best value out of national, state, local, and MLS in this value stack that um, I think has just been created over time, but never reset with the evolution of society. So, um, I mean, do you really need all of those different things or, you know... why don't we have one MLS for crying out loud that creates infrastructure instead of fiefdoms, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm I'm making some MLS people unhappy with that. But the reality is you were invented in 1907. So (laughs) let's (laughs) catch up with this and say, how should this be done in 2027 since that's 36 months from now, instead of 1907. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a gap folks. Yeah. A a A bit of a gap. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, look what's happened since then for, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, putting people on Mars and growing artificial cows so we can feed them and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, shouldn't
1: we, shouldn't we update the 1907 rules or whatever it was? It's a fair comment. I mean, it's, it, there's, I think what 400 and something MLS is still across the U S and it's, you just. I've been in this my whole life and I'm just going, I, I can't sometimes just go, how are we still there? This little podunk town has their own MLS, I'm like, look, this stuff's got to change. But you know, to your comment, sometimes people are dragged kicking and screaming into the future
2: and that seems to be where we're going to head. Um, Let as me ask industry. a <clears throat> qualifying question on that 36 month. Would So are you saying that over the next 36 months, you feel like it's going to be an evolution or are you saying over the next 36 months, it's going to feel more like a revolution? For residential real estate? I think it depends on your perspective, Keith. I
0: -hmm. think if you are willing to change and want to, I mean, listen up folks, if you're in the real estate space and you want to be here in 36 months, it's time to take some chances and Mm -hmm. get out there and help the evolution of this thing where if you go kicking and screaming, like James said, then yeah it's going to be a revolution it's and- going to
2: feel like a revolution right yeah yeah it's good that's good perspective yeah
1: so uh we'll wrap up with this talk to us about uh area 15 ventures so you uh you 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 left as ceo in i think it was april of 2022 if i got that right now yeah. you've got this area is a venture fund correct yes right. yeah um, now is that I'll a play look-
2: on area 51 like how'd you come up with area 15 i got questions right out of the gate Okay. (laughs) Are are you a a UFO guy, Keith? I mean, I could be. It (laughs) depends how much money you want to put in my next venture. (laughs) There you go. All right. So uh, Area 15. So a couple things at play here. First of
0: all, Area 51. Yes, it's a play on that because it's something we've always been fascinated with. But um, weird story, Keith. So in Colorado, and we're located in Colorado, we're in Castle Rock, Colorado, about 30 miles south of Denver. There are hunting areas and they're labeled by numbers. Ah. This little area right here actually happens to be area 51 in the hunting <laughs> adventure. So, <laughs> you know, little weirdness, small world We're thing. in yeah. We named it before we knew that. My brother came out and hunted turkey out behind our building here one day and he's like, hey, this is area 51. I'm like, no, it's area 15. He goes, no, this is really area 51. So um, kind, of, kind of an interesting Crazy. perspective. Awesome. Now, 15 is Dave Linegar's favorite number.
1: So that's oh.
0: how we picked up area fifteen. Gotcha. And so it worked both ways. But um yeah, yeah what, what we're doing here, uh, James, to answer your question is we're basically investing in um, you know, different types of organizations. We love franchising as you do. And uh, so we've got two food franchise brands. We have Port of Subs, which is a fifty three year old sub sandwich company. In, I know it is, they're
1: huge. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. we own that. I'm Who actually not been to Port of Subs before, like. Well, uh, if you what? live in these other
0: 43 states, you might not have been <laughs> yeah. the airport of subs. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, we have three in the Las Vegas airport, by the way. So make sure you oh. get to one of those. Um, but we're we're expanding that nationwide now. So we bought that company a year ago, and now we're blowing it up with selling territories around the country. Uh, we've, I mean, we've got a, a line to sell those, so it's great. Everybody wants That's to be awesome. part of that. And then we also have a startup called Daddy's Chicken Shack, which is a fried chicken sandwich concept. Uh, really tasty fried chicken sandwiches. We've sold uh, 13 territories around the US in that, and they're all being developed right now. And then we have investments in a whole bunch of other different businesses and uh, assist with other businesses that the the Linegar uh, found family own. So like we have Harley Davis and dealerships and other motorcycle companies and um, what else? Arabian horses, all sorts of other different things. So. <laughs> all the
1: expensive shit. I know yeah, about no, the horse yeah. stuff, man. Jesus. Like wow. Oh yeah, you're I, a horse what, family, aren't you? No, I, I i signed on to a horse family. That ah. was No, James, I didn't wasn't
2: fun the horse family. Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
1: Horses yeah. wow, it's like a boat. There's just they just it just eats money. Anyway, don't get me started. So, that's it's pretty that's pretty awesome. So, Dave is involved in a lot of other stuff and you guys are doing franchising still, which you obviously know better than most. Um that has to be fun. Is, Cal- is Porta Subs in California though, right? I'm pretty sure I've seen it here before. Yeah, I've, I've eaten at them before. So, yeah, we're in California. Um, yeah. I mean, it's founded in Reno. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it's
0: interesting because there's like one Porta Subs for every like 15,000 people in Reno. So, we have a lot of market <laughs> density there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a lot in Vegas, a lot in
1: Arizona, um, California, Washington, Idaho. There's nice. one in Brentwood, California. Shout out Brentwood. Oh, there you go over there second our producer is telling me they don't have kombucha on the menu so it's hard nope. to track down just wanted to make Sorry. sure that our everybody knows our producers in my ear making fun of me for kombucha it's a uh, so. byok bring your own <sighs> kombucha yeah, we have All pickles. right, Adam.
0: You could you could uh, kind of do something with the pickles there if you like your vinegar. Okay,
1: you know what? Seriously, <laughs> judge away. Okay, I'm being very abundancy mindset by sharing things yeah. with you. I'm
2: being vulnerable. Yeah. Okay? I'm trying to give you
1: a pickles, James. I mean, come I on. I know, man. I know, I know. All let right, so him,
2: let me ask him the closer. Let me ask. Yeah, last him the closer. Go. And, uh, I always ask this, but I'm very excited about your answer. Cause you have lived and breathed in this space for so long. So, and thought through the lens of this question. So if you were an agent or a broker, what's the one thing you would implement today to set your business up for 2024? I, I would say
0: omnipresence. Um, I mean, so many people start hiding when difficult times occur. Mm. So you have, you have leaders and you have hiders, in my opinion, leaders lead. Those are the people that are omnipresent and they're delivering value constantly, even in the storm. And then you have hiders and they're waiting for the storm to pass. Mm -hmm. Now the the second question you should be asking me is how should we be omnipresent? And I've heard it said before on your show, you should be on video, but ultimately it should be that you should be on video talking about them And being very kind and delivering value, giving your best stuff away, by the way, agents, don't Mm. keep your best stuff under your vest. Everybody knows what it is. They just want you to give it to them and then they will come to you and pay you back with that word we heard earlier, reciprocity. So I would say to be omnipresent as a kind giving leader. Mm.
1: Great answer. That's great. I cannot even begin to imagine how much that resonates. Keith and I have had these discussions with other leaders in the industry who are like, Just keep your mouth shut. And and I'm like, no, I want to get out there and talk and and just have a conversation and get information out for people. So, um, yeah, Adam. Awesome to have you on. I uh, can't wait to have you back on. I know, I know you've got some other things in your pocket that you're working on, so we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about some of that stuff. I know, I know, I know.
2: Um, but maybe... did you want to? Did you want to make any breaking announcements right now uh, here no. on the real estate? We've had enough Unshelter? breaking news today, so yeah, let's just leave that, let's leave that.
1: Let's leave that out of it. But that's Adams will be a really fair. fun one when he uh, wants to come out.
0: I need to go table. read the comments on your social media post today, James, and see oh, what. God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. So. <laughs> i just would really like the industry to like stop with the llama drama for a bit <laughs> so it's well, getting better that, buddy that there's we're is, gonna have that, a
0: reality show here pretty quick <sighs> there's a bunch of them already. yeah but none of them are like nar unplugged or something like oh, that Oh yeah, my like, yeah. god! no yeah. no 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 behind the yeah. scenes Seriously.
1: in the courtroom whatever i don't know whatever it is well should be fun. That'll be for the that'll be for the next episode. So, all right, my friend. Thanks for being here. We'll have you back soon. Can't wait to hear about some of the new stuff you're doing. So, thanks. Thanks for the Bye, right, buddy.